Welcome to the Between the Dream podcast. I'm your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Today is Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. Hope that you all are doing well. Hope that your week is going well so far. I am so excited about today's conversation and today's episode. But before we get started, I want to take some time to first and foremost say welcome and thank you to those of you all who might be new to the podcast first timers or maybe it's one of your first few times thank you so much for tuning in and of course for my dreamers my dream team that continues to come back thank you all so much for your continued support and thank you so much for being a part of this team here with the Between the Dream podcast. Whether you are new or whether you are a returning member, please make sure that you subscribe and share and make sure you tell somebody else about it as well in the process. Listen, so you know that the month of September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month and I have dedicated so much content this month on this podcast to different conversations around suicide prevention, right? Obviously the goal behind this in prevention is to get not only the help on the side of individuals who might be struggling, but it's also to create better ways for us to be advocates in this fight of prevention. And why is that? Because for many of us, we've had some maybe misconstrued ideologies around you know, the conversation of mental health, specifically suicide, and maybe even some of the lead ups to it. So for me personally, man, I just wanna be able to have conversations that will help to not only um, provoke your thoughts, but to inspire some change in the approach. And that is because, like I've always said, suicide is not a thing that we prevent when things are at its worst. It happens early and it happens often. That means what are we doing right now to make this world, our communities, the relationships that we have a better space and place for everybody around. Today's conversation, however, is gonna take a completely different turn. I have a very, very special guest today. When I talked um, or thought about this conversation, it wasn't something that was actually on the list originally. And I wanna just backtrack real quick because I think that this is important. As much as we talk about prevention, one of the things that we've got to realize is that we're preventing something that has already taken place in the lives of so many people in the past and, and maybe even in, in present day up until this point, right? And as much as we can talk about helping those to not have to go down that route, what happens with people who have lived experience and maybe they don't know how to get through. Maybe they're struggling, maybe they're trying to figure it out. And that is where today's guest comes in. So this is a good friend of mine. I can honestly say this since the start of COVID, we've talked every week. And I think, I mean, since the start of COVID, we probably talked almost day, every day <laughs> during COVID. This yep. is a brother of mine, somebody that I love dearly. You all have heard him before. We had a good conversation on racial reconciliation in the church and what that would look like early on back in like April. And so I got him coming back out again. Mr. Lev Hunter from Flint, Michigan is with us, but he deserves a bigger intro than that. So he's not just <laughs> Mr. Lev Hunter. He, um, he, he owns his own coffee business. You know, he, he makes his own coffee. So for those of you all that like the Hebrews, haha, you see what I did there. Um, he's got his, <laughs> he got his own coffee line. You can check him out there. He's also a phenomenal content strategist on social media. So 31 days of power that you saw posted, that was all him as far as putting the graphics and stuff together. 
I put all the words there, but he brought it to life visually. Um, and he's done so much in between that as well. He's helping other entrepreneurs um, really get their businesses going. And he's a visionary, not only for himself, but I personally believe a visionary for so many others. Mr. Lev Hunter is with us today. LV, thank you so much for joining us. No, nah, man, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> you out here making me sound like I'm somebody, man. I'm just a humble servant that loves to serve alongside great men and women um, that I get the opportunity to do so. So I, I want to thank you. And for those who are listening, I know you talked about your first time listening because you're probably somebody that I know personally. I need you to sit down, book me to see, we're going to talk, and we're going to get real deep today. Um, and not real deep to where it's like, oh, my God, but real deep. Good. I was going there. It's going there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, this is some good stuff, man. This is where you get to break up some ground that people never had. This I don't think I've ever heard people have this conversation because I've lived it and I've never heard anybody talk about it. Yeah, man. And so since you mentioned living it, I think it's important to kind of give some kind of a backstory here as to how we even got to this point. You know, LV and I, like I said, we've talked every day. We've done work <laughs> together. We've talked life. We've talked relationships, got some uh, similar lived experiences. And, um, you know, I think that, that that's all great. And LV has helped me put together some of the content for this month, actually, for Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And it just so happened that we were in a conversation <clears throat> on Sunday. And I don't know what I said, but it sparked up a comment from ULV and I felt like an idiot too. Cause I'm like, wow, how did I not know this as we've built this bond and friendship? I felt real stupid. And I'm like, you know, not just building the bond and friendship, but because we've had so many conversations about mental health, about suicide, yeah, yeah. about all of this stuff. And um, man, I felt horrible. So we're talking Sunday and LV essentially says, yeah, you know, just overcoming, you know, and, and having to, you know, lose my dad to suicide. And he, it rolled off your tongue so quick. <laughs> when you first said it, I was like, okay. And then, like, literally 10 seconds later, I was like, wait, yeah. what? You lost your dad to a suicide? Like, suicide? When? What? Yeah. How? Yeah. And, but it, man, it, it compelled me immediately to say that this, that we, I got to talk to you about this. Sure, sure. Because I'm, I'm curious, man. I already got, I got a guest coming on at the end of the week who lost her husband to a suicide attempt a few years ago. Sure. Um, and she's, you know, she's got three beautiful kids with him and she's been able to pick up the pieces and this is going to be her first time talking about it. And I'm excited because I know that somebody can use it. But man, yeah. I was like, along with the parent comes the child and you yeah. have this experience as a child. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, two weeks before my 10th birthday, um, at this time, both parents were divorced, right? So I uh, grew up to where my father was really just abusive to me and my brother, but just, he was just not in a good headspace. He, what mm -hmm. I did learn later on that he suffered from depression. He was a manic depressant at mm -hmm. that time. Um, and was just, he was just struggling. And so two weeks for my 10th birthday, right? Well, before this, all I wanted for my birthday was to live with my dad. Mm -hmm. I was like, this year... I just want to stay with my dad. Even though he was abusive, I still wanted to be around him, right? Gotcha. Every boy wants to be just like his dad or glean and be around his dad. Because prior to that, my dad was in prison for like the first five years of my life. So mm -hmm. I only got four years with him. Mm -hmm. So I want to give context in that, right? Mm -hmm. So four years with him, two weeks before my 10th birthday, I, my mom picks me and my sister up from school. We went to the same elementary school. She picks us up. And you can tell something was off. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You can just tell something was just mm -hmm. not right. 
wasn't the normal. And my aunt was with us. And so my mom drops us off at home. She's like, it wasn't like, hey, you better have this done before I get home. It was just like, mm-hmm. we'll be right back. Type. So I'm like, bet. Let's play some NBA jams. Right, <laughs> right, right. So right. My cousins, we play in a video game. And then she comes back with my aunt, and I can tell she's distressed. And I'm like, hmm, something's not right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because even when she picked us up, we had someone break into the house. So I'm thinking somebody broke into the house again. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it was just like, eh, you know, when I got home, my Sega was still there. I'm happy. So we were like, <laughs> Sega. Sega. And uh, we, we, you know, NBA, he's on fire. So oh, we were doing that. Yeah, man. I can tell you about that game. For three. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> We was playing that, and she comes home, and she brings me and my sister to her bedroom, closes the door. By this time, I can tell my aunt riling up my cousins, and they leaving. And my aunt told me that your, my mom tells me that my dad's dead; that he's no longer here. And me being nine, I'm like, nah, you know, yeah, y'all just tripping. But not knowing that she just came from the hospital to help identify the the body or whatever. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. who would know better than his ex-wife, right? So I'm like, nah, she tripping. So I was in a state of denial, but yet, like, this is real. So I don't think I necessarily cried in the moment hearing about it because she didn't tell us how. So she was just, you know, just guarding us from that in that moment. My sister broke down. My brother was off in college. Um, so we got to get him home. And I'm still like, nah, because there was a dude in the neighborhood who looked just like my dad mm-hmm. at the time. So I'm thinking they just mistake. They got the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's real. You don't think that they went through all the proper channels to properly identify. You don't know who did what. You don't right. know. In my world, I'm like, listen, y'all don't know. Y'all tripping. Right. So long story short, and that as far as finding out, I find out that. So two things. So I found out that I, I, I was told that my father committed suicide, but it was also under the guise of that it was a cover-up that somebody killed him. Mm-hmm. So for so long, it was, the, you know, thinking someone else did it. Right, right. Suicide. Like, it wasn't even in his right mind. Because my last conversation with my dad was, he was saying, sure, son, you can live with me if it's okay with your mom. We got to go to court. We got to do all that. But if it's okay, I got a bedroom mm-hmm. for you. You can come live with me. I'm like, man, I'm in... I'm like, in two, three weeks, I want to stay with my dad. And then, right, right. Time frame, boom, gone. So now I'm growing up and you get mature and you start really putting conversations together and okay. stories and storylines together. You're like, yeah, he did commit suicide. It wasn't a cover up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then yeah. once you come to that realization, never talk about it publicly yeah. or to people. Like you don't tell them, tell nobody. Like, nobody goes around and say, my parent committed suicide. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you introduce that conversation? Right. So, no, that's real. You know, so, you know, my mom was being the, the, the best mom she could be and that she is, and was like, you know, y'all can get counseling. And I'm like, man, I'm not about to talk to no. So, I, again, nine-year-old, ten-year-old now me thinks sitting down talking with somebody is for crazy people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So my first introduction to what a therapist is is that that's for crazy Looney Tune people, like Google Gaga, like grown man talking like right, yeah. right. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm not talking to her. I mean, like my mom took us several t- different times to talk with this woman. I was just sitting there like, man, I'm not gonna talk about this. And and then the woman had to pay me to talk. So she was like, I know you can talk. I'll pay you ten dollars a session if you get these other kids to talk. I'm like, man, now you pay me, I'm there. (laughs) But even then, I'm like, they talking, I'm not. So it kind of like, I got the money, Mm -hmm. but she she didn't want to keep paying me out. Um, 
So that didn't last too long. So throughout all these years, you get into high school, go to college, having these emotional breakdowns every now and again, where you're like, man, I miss my dad. But you don't mm-hmm. talk about it because then, well, how did your dad pass? Oh, you know, you don't tell, you just don't tell people. Right. Yeah. You so know, yeah. it wasn't. And then it's the point of where you and I picked up on Sunday. I was like, yo, I got this YouTube video. And I was going to be like, just use my YouTube video. Right. Mm-hmm, just it, talk yeah. about it and rip it, do whatever you need to do with it. Where I talked about how to get over the shame and guilt of a parent or a loved one passing away through, through yeah. suicide. So it came up maybe about five years ago. Okay. Um, I'm kicking it with a homie at this event. We on stage, literally, we're on stage at an event. I think it was either right after or before during sound check. And for some reason, I was there. I was hosting. At the, I just know I can't remember the event, but I'm hosting this event. And my boy Gary comes on stage, and he and I talking, and he does at that time was working with um, a local congressman, and okay. he was sharing with me how in our county was one of the high, highest counties of suicides in the state of Michigan. And I was like, get out of here. And now here's the, here's the crazy part. This is how God works. Gary's dad and my dad were great friends. Mm-hmm. Never knew that. They were actually in the same fraternity. You see what I'm saying? Like they were close. Like Gary's dad brought my dad into this fraternity, right? So Gary's like, yeah, man, I work to Congress, man. You'll be surprised how many families go through that. And I was like, nah, I wouldn't have. He said, yeah, they don't put it on the news because the news don't want to shame the family. So right, that right. you hear news broadcasts or any type of media talk about suicide because they they have a heart still after the family. So they don't want to bring mm-hmm. this shame and this guilt publicly right. on family members. So he was just sharing me the stats and all this. I was like, Gary, bro, my dad passed away from suicide. Like I just opened up in front of him. And he was like, wow. You know, we don't literally, bro. We on the stage. On the stage, moving. just on the, this is happening. Like people just right moving there. around us, and we just talking. Up, and he was like, "Bro, it's it's resources out here for you if you need it." Yada yada yada. He was just a real good friend in that moment. But he was like, "The thing is, the family members take on this shame and this guilt. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part." You know, especially when you got the congressman reaching out to families, giving their condolences. They nice. feel like he did something wrong. So mm-hmm. I had that conversation. Then I get to church that night. So I go to church and the pastor's talking about how Jesus bore our shame. When Jesus was getting punched and spat on in the face, he bore our shame. Mm. And it was just like, like I just released it in that service. Like, yo, why am I carrying this? I didn't yeah. make that decision. That's real. Sometimes family members feel like it was their fault. Like, why didn't I see the signs? Why didn't? Why wasn't I good enough for them to live for? You, mm-hmm. you, you go through all these different emotions and thoughts and beliefs. But what happens? People wear this guilt and the shame. They never talk about it. Mm. They, they disassociate. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Thank you for sharing all of that. I mean, there's so much to break down within that. You actually. Um, hit on one of the questions I was going to eventually ask, which is the fact that, you know, well, two, actually, um, I know that when, you know, losing a family member or relative or close friend to a suicide attempt, um, the the first thing that, that a lot of people deal with is that acceptance phase, mm-hmm. you know, and I know it sounds like for you, obviously, your acceptance phase was really interesting, too, because of some of the situations kind of around it right obviously Mm -hmm. like i'm not going to accept it because i'm supposed to be moving in with him in three weeks i'm not going to accept it because there's a guy in the neighborhood that looks like him and maybe it was a case of mistaken identity right 
Right. I'm not going to accept it because, oh, you know what? He was set up. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. you know, all of that causes blockage. Yours is so interesting, though, because unlike an adult who has to go through an acceptance phase a lot differently, it seems like yours might have been stretched out from like, you know, the age of nine into preteens into young teens into even some of the older teen years. And then with that, um, there's, there, I'm pretty sure mentally there was so much back and forth sure, of, sure. of acceptance. So, so when, when you finally did accept, like, was it one of the things that just kind of like hit you immediately or when you finally were able to accept that it was a suicide attempt, like what was that, what was that, that final acceptance for you? Like, was it a battle? Was it more of a thing of it just kind of like, oh, I get it. It makes sense because I'm a little older. Like, how how did you process that? Mixture of both, actually. Um, for me, I, I give you an example. I was um, in college. Here's where I really think it, it started for me. I think the acceptance started where I was in college. I was with this young lady, and we, it was just like a Saturday morning or whatever. For some reason, I just feel like I didn't have work or class. She didn't have work or class. And we just lay in there, bro. And I just bust out crying. Mm. Just, right? To the point where she just had to, she called my mom, like, he's crying. I can't get him to stop. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, I already know what it is. She rounded up my siblings, and they came up. And I, at that time, I said, like, 45 minutes away. And they mm-hmm. just came to see me. And they knew exactly what it was. You said you were you were in college? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah. wow. And so then I'm, so I have this moment. And, you know, college was, was college was the moment of accepting and really, like, facing it head on. Like, in high school, you can, you're just busy being a, a teenager. You got prom, mm-hmm. come and dance, you're playing sports, you're trying to mm-hmm. be – you you fitting in with your boys and all that. So you don't even think about it to, to an extent, you know what I mean? Cause then when you're in high school, you're around so many other young, young people that probably going through the same thing. You're going with whether a loss of a parent in the household, not necessarily right. your suicide, but you just like, Oh man, we all parent. We all got single moms. So mm-hmm. we good. We don't talk about it. We just good. Lock arms. You know what I mean? Right. We take to our friends and they dad, when they dad come around, Oh, Mr. Greer, what's up, man? You know? And he like, man, get in line. Right. So we gravitate to that. <laughs> So you get to college, and now I'm, like, dealing with this, dealing with this identity thing where it's like, man, okay, what is this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now it blessed and fortunate to have men on campus really just come along and help me navigate, really, really navigate. So right. my, my relationship with God increased. Um, I'm, I'm reaching for any um relationship I can that resembles a father figure even on my father's side of the family mm-hmm. you know through all this so you accept it but you you now try to figure out how to fill that void and you know and I share this with anybody that's listening man it's and this is me through my faith in Jesus Christ that ended up fill, filling the void many 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 years later right you can't pick and choose how to fill that void whether that's mm-hmm. through drugs self-medicating or getting medicated or anything you don't get to choose how to medicate yourself mm-hmm. because how does a sick person heal itself or how that's does good. sickness heal itself right mm-hmm. like so that's, that's good you know what i mean like you don't fix a money problem with more money right <laughs> that's what i'm essentially is what i'm saying so you have to really seek some help and if you don't have a faith-based um, perspective i do recommend you know getting in contact with a licensed 
professional, like a therapist, mm-hmm. but when not, but man, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm sure. I know I kind of answered that long-winded, but I'll- No, I'll no, no, but that's what I wanted, though, because, I, I mean, that's the, I think for a lot of people, they don't realize just how much of a process it is, right? Like, um, it, like, even in acceptance, it doesn't mean that healing comes right away. Even in acceptance, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, this epiphany to move forward comes right away. Like, there is such a process within this, which kind of leads me into, you, and you, you touched on it within the- first portion of telling your story but after acceptance you really are then introduced to the like okay i'll take i'll say this it comes in two different forms you have the initial shock and grief of the traumatic moment in the moment Mm -hmm. but then you have the you have the the shock and grief that comes over a period of time during the acceptance process Oh, sure, sure. And sure. and so, I mean, even in that, man, I, I know that that was like a crazy process for you, too. And like, it, it, so I guess I, let me ask you this question, man, because I, I want you to just stay in the zone that you're in with this. But let me share this. What? I think this, this may answer your question, though. So I just want to put you off. But yeah, you got it. When, when we were at the funeral, right? You know what I'm saying? It didn't hit me until I got to the funeral. Wow. I mean, I cried and all that because I can tell like it was real to an extent, but like it, like I did a fallout like I was in a Tyler Perry movie walking down. Wow, <laughs> like, I, I hear that. My yeah, it catch me like I fell out like no, this is real. Like because I'm watching, you know how you walking up the aisle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ask it, and we the family, so the family walking up to be seated. So we still have it was in the winter, it was in March, you know what I'm saying? No, it was in February. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, so boom, I'm like. I fell out like, no, this is real. Like this is absolutely. <laughs> no, this is happening. No, for real, for real. I, I just remember that. I remember that. I remember moments of that day vividly, even to this day. And then, like I said, processing it as you become an adult, you like. It, my mom can definitely testify to it with all three of us, um, the siblings, is that September actually would have been last week, and then in February, March, she was like, "Y'all just get into these funks." So we come very, we withdraw around his birthday and then the time he passed away. Yeah. And we very like shut off. So even people around us were like, man, y'all, you like totally different. Like, what's up? And that has, you know, caused some issues in relationships, friendships and all that. But yeah. And I don't know if that was to answer the question that you were going to. Well, it goes into it. So you, you, you definitely got hit while you were at the funeral. Yeah. I guess for me, I'm curious as to that. Uh, that that young adult life where now you're in college and you have this breakdown, but even in having this breakdown, you have a point now where you had that moment, but you got to be, and I don't want to say bounce back because bounce back isn't the right word. Sure. You have now this moment where you have to be able to essentially pick up the pieces yeah yeah you know and so what what was that like like you then in college and now let's just say you know some 15 odd years later sure you are you're in a much better space what did that process look like for you from that first boohoo cry where it took your family 45 minutes to get all the way down to come in and be with you like i mean what, what was that afterwards yeah, so I mean, it took a lot of years of just 
like really trying to overcome it. Um, I would say the big chunk of it all the past 10 years has been being alongside my pastor. And, you know, always, you know, you've heard me talk about him. I mean, I, I big him up all the time because mm-hmm. he went through a very similar situation than I. Mm-hmm. Um, his father didn't commit suicide, but his father passed mm-hmm. away later on. And I was able to be with him to see him restore a broken, fragmented relationship with his father before um, he left and saw how you can, you know, still love and, re- and have a redeeming yeah. um, um, you know, some qualities or whatever. So I spent a lot of time with him and he just helped me really deal with it in, 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 in its own little way. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. just conversations after conversations and really, and I remember calling him one day. Um, I was going to go see a young lady who I ended up, my ex-wife, whatever. I was going to spend some time with her. And I remember sitting in the car and I just felt the Lord was like, I'm, I don't know what, what, I, what it was because I can't remember the, the wording, but I felt like like this, like God had just healed me of that hurt. Okay. I was on the phone and I told him that. And nobody believed me. Nobody believed me. Like mm-hmm. nobody was like, oh yeah, praise God. Like everybody was like, okay, yeah, all right. And since that day, I've walked in that healing. Since that yeah. day, I've never allowed what people think about the situation. Like, I mean, come on, man, you lose a, a parent. I'm, 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 a, I'm still a young adult. Right, you know, right. People still can call their dad and say, "Dad, what do you think about this?" and "What do you think about that?" And that advice, having you those moments them, of time. I don't yeah, that. I never had that. Never had it. Like, never had. Hey, dad, what do you think? Never. You know what I'm saying? Like, never had that opportunity. Um, so for me, to you know, now, man, it's been it's definitely been a blessing. Where picking up the pieces has been going to therapy, has been having that father figure in your life. It has been dealing with it head on when September and February come around. Like, yo, I'm not about to get into a funk. I'm not going to get into a sunken place. I'm about to enjoy. I'm going to honor him. So what I did, one of the best things I did, outside of all what I've said so far, is find ways to honor him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just to honor him in his name. So a lot of my entrepreneurial, um, you know, it's come from him because he was an entrepreneur. Gotcha. Right, so it, it's in my DNA. So a lot of that is my way of paying homage to him. Oh, like, you, wow. that, you, know, you left here, you know, and and you didn't hand the torch to me personally. Like this is how you do this job, but you handed the torch. Like man, freedom is is what we own. Like you left a legacy of what you want this family to look like, and I'll make sure I carry it out. I love that, and I want to just kind of take a moment for those who are listening to really just take in that last bit, because I think that's so important when we talk about, you know, how do we move forward? Because I know you hear it in movies sometimes when when somebody's lost and it's kind of like, hey, do it for them, move forward for them. But you really just kind of gave us a, a true insight to what it looks like to honor somebody, right? Like in this idea that even though in this imperfect world with that imperfect person who went through some real life understandable struggles and that was their ultimate you know demise it doesn't take away from the fact that there were so many good parts about him that you saw yeah and and you were able to identify one area and say this is the area where i'm going to honor you and that honor is a representation of the the light and the um i i would i would i would dare to say glory that you saw him in sure um and and so in that i think that it's important for you the the listeners um for you all to, to really take to that um maybe you haven't lost someone to a suicide but maybe you've just lost someone in general um and 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 you might have lost them in a very 
traumatic way, it doesn't mean that you can't not only remember the good about them, but taking that good and, and maybe aligning it with your purpose and passion. And sure. it sounds like that's what you did, LB. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. I mean, honestly, I just felt like because, you know, you know, it's funny, man. One thing I do remember about my dad, and it's just weird, too, a couple of things. Like, I, I, I remember him talking to me almost like on some Godfather part two movie. <laughs> like, I know yeah. that's like, weird, right? No, I, I, when I was growing up, I never knew of the Godfather. I mean, you know the Godfather film because people make jokes about it. Mm-hmm. They put stuff the fruit in their mouth and they talk like that, whatever. But I never watched the movies. And so when I watched the movies, I just remember him talking to me like the movie. You know, mm. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Never go against the family. You know, never tell anybody what you think outside of the family because it's very family oriented. So it's yeah. like, man, he was giving me these same jewels that's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and honoring him, man, it's, it's so important because now you have a reason to like take that negative energy, that shame, that guilt and like turn it, man. You get a chance to say, you know what? I'm about to crack a billion and, it's, and I'm going to celebrate because it's him. This mm-hmm. is what he wanted. He wanted his, he didn't want his children to necessarily go to college unless we wanted to. He wanted us to take over the family business. We would have been a fourth generation business owner. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. that on several businesses. So, it, and everybody, even my cousins on that side of the family are entrepreneurial. So this is what we're supposed to do. Like, there's, like, when you, if you're, if you're a son of a politician, you, your job is to become the next politician in the family. Yeah, you come yeah. from a family of lawyers. You're supposed to become a lawyer. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So that's that's the honoring and that's the lineage. And now also making sure. And here's the flip side about it, right? Don't neglect other family members who are still alive, though. So yeah. I make sure my mom is included in honoring in business because she was a part of it as well. And I never wanted to get cheesy and get no tattoo. And nothing wrong with that. Get to, if that's what you feel led to do do those things. I just thought that was cheesy, but I wanted to do something that really kept the legacy going. You know what I mean? And that's for mm-hmm. me, like, just keeping this entrepreneurial spirit aflame and on fire, and, you know, and, and that was my way of doing it. So if you're listening and you're like, well, what can I do to honor somebody, man? Like, honor them and knowing, like, what would they have want, wanted you to do in this season? Like, what would they, you know what I mean? Not what you think they would want you to do. Like, what do you know that they want you to do? Whether it's a business, whether write a poem, write a book. And sometimes, man, I just go out to the gravesite. I've done this through therapy and just talk to him like he's there. Knowing that we don't talk to the dead, yeah. right? Yeah. But whatever you got to do, man, to get that off. You Almost know just I mean? like having a conversation, even though you know you're not going to get a response. Yeah. So I don't want y'all on here because I know I got some – some some church friends are gonna be like, "What? He up in conjuring the spit? No, that is not what he is saying." <laughs> that's what that's what I said. We don't talk to the dead, right? We know we don't talk to the dead, but you know, <laughs> have that conversation, man. And, and and listen, it doesn't take away from my Christianity. It doesn't take away from the love of God. You know, I'm no less loved by God or anointed or any of those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just honoring that. You just having that. You getting it off your chest. Whether right. you talk yourself in the room or you going to the grave site like let's not be that deep yeah no no that's real bro that is so y'all got any problems i got hands i'm just playing i'm just playing try jesus don't try me i mean i hear that that's so funny man i appreciate you for sharing that because i think that you know all of those are super important um just pieces and you kind of covered not even kind of you covered a lot of what we're going to be questions by walking us through 
um, your experience, you know, talking about the shock and the grief, um, you know, even kind of talking about um, how it was explained to you originally, how you come to your own acceptance and understanding. Um, you know, I know a lot of, and, and, and so I want to be very uh, intentional about saying this, but I know a lot of suicide survivors talk about stages of grief. Um, one of the things that I don't think people always realize is that the spouse or the child, the partner that's left behind is a suicide survivor as well. Yes. It's not just a, a, that is not just a quote or a title that is coined for a person who survives their own attempt. It's actually for the people who were connected to those individuals as well, specifically when you talk about direct and immediate family. Sure. So you as a suicide survivor, um, um, going through all of this with the process of moving forward, finding your support system, being able to really lean into it. Obviously, you know, you did a great job to kind of talk about the faith aspect of how, you know, you, 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 you had the faith portion, but you also had the natural help as well. Understanding that, um, that both of them can exist in the same space and be productive. Sure. Um, and so I think that that is, uh, I think that that's something that people need to hear, know, and, and, and understand for their own personal. And maybe you're not an individual who has gone through this, but maybe you're connected to, to someone who, who has, excuse me. Um, I want you all to be able to use, uh, I can't even talk right now. You got me so messed up listening to your story, right? And I'm jacked up right now, so I'm trying to hold it together. But um, maybe you're a listener who, hasn't gone through it, but you got somebody else who has, and they can utilize it as a resource um, when it comes to being able to hear from someone who's lived it. And I don't want to just say lived it, but LV, it's crazy, man. We connected on such a different level that I didn't know that this was a part of your story. So I would even dare to say overcome it Definitely. because I'm literally, I, like I met LV the overcomer. I didn't meet you at this point here. Like oh, I feel man. like our relationship is low key going in reverse. Like I've known you for over a year now, yeah, yeah. but it's like literally this part, I feel like has taken me back to phase one with you. Like, yeah, and that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, but in that, I met you in that overcoming stage. I, I yeah. met you in that, the other side that I so, um, eloquently talk about all the time. And so, yeah, man, I, uh, you got a book to about the other side, right? Yeah. Henceforth the eloquently talking about, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, plug it. we can plug it, plug, 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 plug. but I think that's so, so beneficial and so needed, man. Um, before we go ahead and get off of here, are there any last words of encouragement that you would want to give to the listeners who, um, may find themselves in a space like this. Maybe they've already dealt with it or God forbid something unfortunate happened um, and, and they need to be able to pick up the pieces. Pick up the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you keep this light. Uh, you know, you try, yeah, I feel that. Pick up the pieces. I had so many jokes throughout this thing. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> Let's just keep it, keep it 100. But no, I mean, I like to have fun. I think it's okay to laugh, right? Yeah, um, yeah. This is some people think it's such a dark topic. It's not, man. It's like you, you gotta understand, man. We don't just live once. We have the opportunity of just living once here on earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So life is not just the end here. So if I can leave anybody with anything, first and foremost, man, if you've never been in my shoes, or you've never been in anybody's shoes, you just listen to this because you're a listener. Here's mm -hmm. the most important thing. Get the help that you need 
even if you don't think you need the help. Yeah. Like, just be safe. Like, you're not going to, it don't hurt. It don't hurt to be safe. It don't hurt to be, make sure you're in the right, you know, you could. Because here's the thing. Like I said, you don't fix a problem with the problem. Mm -hmm. And if you have a problem, ignoring it doesn't fix it either. Mm -hmm. So just, it, it doesn't hurt. Whether that's therapy, whether that's prayer or both, whether that's reaching out to someone like Richard and asking him to point you in the right direction or maybe he can help you or you reach out to me, whatever it is, reach out to somebody because here's mm -hmm. the thing. What I don't want anyone to take this conversation like, oh man, he's been through something and look at him, he's good. No, I'm saying like, use me as inspiration. Mm -hmm. It's a process. It was a process though. But it, it took me 30 plus years, process, or 20 plus years process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? It, it took some years. But I don't know. I, I guess my last words is like, if you need help, get it. And don't think that you, you're good if you're not. You know what I mean? Don't justify. Don't rationalize yourself into depression. Mm -hmm. Don't rationalize yourself into shame, guilt, and, and, and carrying stuff that you don't need to carry. So whatever you got to do, get that work. You know what I'm saying? You got to pick up pieces. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Martin. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Now, LV, thank you so much for that. Um, I think that everything that you put out and laid out there for us today um, is super important. And I haven't gotten a chance to do this over the last few podcast episodes. Um, I usually start these off now with a quote from somewhere, normally one of my books, because I'm like, I got so much content here. I was like, why not start off with a quote? But um, your story actually um, kind of reminds me of a quote from the other side book. Um, and just it was an insert um, from the original, the first chapter um, that's called There is There is Hope, right? Mm -hmm. And you have definitely given today um, is that there is hope for those who are listening, for those who um, maybe hope is bleak, maybe. And, and this is bigger than just losing someone. This is just hope in their life in general, right? Hope sure. is where they are currently. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and uh, yeah, you reminded me of that chapter, man. So I'm trying to find something that I can just take and pull from here um, to, to be able to leave with people. Pick up the pieces. And so I'll just, uh, I'll leave this as a, as a thought and we'll close from here. Um, but it says, be honest with yourself. Have you placed your hope in seeing something big and possibly overlook the small signs that you are headed in the right direction? If so, there is absolutely no judgment, but there is time to shift your perspective and take a different approach as to how you imagine hope and more specifically, the signs of hope that can start to combat the hopelessness you are currently experiencing or have experienced. We live in a society that pushes the agenda of things being done in the blink of an eye in an instant or overnight. While these types of stories and narratives have a unique wow factor to them, they are not a proper representation of what it takes to realize that there is hope for you. If anything, these stories and narratives create blinders for us because they influence us to ignore the baby steps in the process. Hope for a better tomorrow is found in the baby steps. And I want to stop right there because I think LV, you just, you made a great point to say that this process took 30 plus years. Yeah. And that is a, that is a perfect example of the baby steps and leaps and bounds happen when you can be sure. consistent in those baby steps. 
Man, preach, preacher. We just trying to do the best we can. But here's what <laughs> I do got to say this as we close. If you're listening to this podcast, please do me one huge favor. This would make my heart like jump for joy and beat out of my chest. I need you to send this link to one person who you know needs to have this conversation. And after you do that, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and let the world know that this this podcast, hosted by Mr. Richard Taylor Jr. himself is worth a listen so if you do that for me i give you virtual hugs with a mask on i promise you <laughs> i'm gonna catch us slipping you feel me not gonna catch us slipping yeah Yo. <laughs> well if y'all heard it here from lv make sure y'all follow him lv where can they find you on social media bro at richard.taylor jr <laughs> you can go to uh uh richardtaylorjr.com um you can yeah just if you go to the website you'll find everything you need to know about me there richardtaylorjr.com man look thank you man, but it's about, me, it's about you homeboy i promise you man I want, I want you guys to follow richard man if you follow him you'll definitely see me we we, we do stuff a lot but yeah richardtaylorjr.com at richard.taylorjr let's get it and at your boy LV on Instagram. As always, <laughs> you are not losing in life. You are not failing. You are simply between the dream. Can't wait to talk to you all Friday. Got another special guest coming in. And Dr. Trish will be here with us at some point this week as well. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Peace.